want to do today is as a pivot towards the word. I just want to do a, a little bit of review because we're in a long, uh, we're taking a long look at the biblical concept of wisdom. And this whole year, we're going to look at things that God gives in abundance. I believe that this is a year of abundance and a year of overflow for our church. That's what I've been praying. And so I'm looking at things that God says that he will give in abundance. And one of the things that God says he will give to all without limit because he gives it generously, the scripture says in James 1, is that he will give us wisdom. And we're titling this series, Honey on the Rock, and this is born out of a verse in Deuteronomy 32 that says that we will find wisdom in the, we will find honey in the rock. We will find honey in the hard places of life. And it's amazing that God can take the hard places of life and call something sweet to flow out of it. And why is that so important? Because in Proverbs 24, 14, the scripture says that he compares wisdom to honey. You know, I think that's a beautiful metaphor that in the hard places of life, in our suffering, we will find the wisdom of God if you look for it. You know, we need God's wisdom for three things in life. Trials that we don't understand. Sudden decisions that come out of nowhere. And discerning between two equally good things. That's often where you need the wisdom of God. When I'm going through stuff and I just don't understand, First Peter says that don't waste your suffering, but pray for wisdom. Wisdom will help you not waste your trials, even if you don't understand. And we, we also have sudden decisions. Have you ever had one of those? You have a sudden decision that comes out of nowhere. And you have a, a small amount of time and you have to make a decision. You need wisdom. Or sometimes you have two paths in front of you and both are equally good. How do you discern which one is right? You need the gift of God's wisdom. You know, uh, how we define wisdom is important. And wisdom is learning to live life from God's perspective. That's it. Wisdom is learning to live life from God's perspective. And I liken it like this. How many of you had the privilege to watch the Super Bowl this last week? Come on, somebody watch the Super Bowl. Whose team won? Anybody's team won? Whose team lost? Okay. We knew who the real Christians are in here who was praying. No. But you notice something in the game. And if you didn't, I want you to encourage you. When you watch an American football game, I want you to see this is that often the quarterbacks will do something on the sidelines that you, it seems like, why would they do that? But it has incredible impact on the game. Often when they come to the sidelines, they will go sit on a bench or go stand on the sidelines with headphones on, and they will look at a tablet or pieces of paper with an aerial view of the football field. And they're sitting there looking at the vantage point that they don't have because they're in the game and they have linemen, 200-pound, 300-pound linemen coming at them, having to make decisions in about two to three seconds. How many of you know that's not a fun job right there? But there's an offensive coordinator often that's on a booth high above the field who has a different vantage point. And when they come off the field, they're able to connect with them and able to see things that they can't see from their position. And watch this. The, the, the ability of the f quarterback on the field is enhanced and empowered by the knowledge and the vantage point from someone who sits at a higher point of view. That's it. 
And what wisdom does is it taps in to the vantage point of God. Or Job 28 is a question where Job begins, where does wisdom come from? Where does it lie? Who can find it? And it says that no one is wise but God. And in verse 23, it says this, for God alone is the one who can see the ends of the earth and the heavens all at once. No one is wiser than him because no one has the perspective that he has. But wisdom, get this, the wisdom book of scriptures is the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs are principles written by Solomon. Uh, they say that Solomon wrote Song of, Song of Solomon, which is, uh, is the, 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 what do you call it, the, the marriage book of the Bible, if you want to call that. They say he wrote that as a young man because it's filled with passion. And I don't need to tell you what that's all about, Song of Solomon. But they say that he wrote uh, Proverbs as a middle-aged man as he passed on principles to his son. And he wrote Ecclesiastes as an older man because it's filled with pain. But now we're in the middle age of life and he's thinking about what I'm going to pass on to my children. He's writing it to his son. And he opens up the book of Proverbs, uh, not just with perspective, but with principles. Here's what he says in Proverbs 1.1. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. They are wisdom principles that will empower you. I love that. To reign in life. Uh, it means to rule or to govern. You see, if wisdom is a perspective, listen to this, wisdom is also principles, biblical principles. And a principle is not facts. A principles are laws, they're precepts that apply to all people, all time, and all places. They are not discriminatory. When you take the principles and apply them to your life, they will work in any culture, any place in the world. They are timeless in their application. It is uh, the principles. And here's what wisdom teaches us, to live the principled life. That I will learn from my convictions rather than my consequences. Well, that's a good place to say amen. I'm helping somebody out today. But here's what you'll see hidden in Proverbs is you'll see that the wisdom of God is hidden in symbols, metaphors, and whole kinds of poet, poetic alliteration that Solomon uses to describe and bring out the, the, the principles of wisdom. And the principles do two things if you're taking notes. The principles will direct you and then the principles will protect you. The principles of God help you do two things. They direct you, but they also protect you. They help you know what to join, what to fight, and what to leave alone. That's wisdom. Helps you know what to join, what to fight, and some things, what to just leave alone. How many know sometimes you just got to leave that thing alone? We used to say where I grew up, I'm a, I'm a country boy right here. You know, they used to say a bulldog can whoop a skunk, but sometimes it just ain't worth it. You got to leave that thing alone. Mm -hmm. Wisdom will direct, direct you and wisdom will protect you. You know, if you've ever driven before and sometimes when you're driving on um, mountainous roads or you've ever crossed the bridge, you'll see that there are guardrails there. 
And those guardrails are uh, strategically placed to prevent you from going off the road into dangerous terrain. Now, you never think about the guardrail until you're uh, thousands of feet up in the air and you got a sharp, narrow turn and it's, and it's snowing, it's raining, and it's icy. And then if you go off that road, you're really grateful that there's a guardrail there. Even though there may be damage to the car, it prevents a catastrophic event from taking place. I want you to think of the principles of wisdom like those guardrails. You put them in your life beforehand. And when you get into some difficult situations, they're already in place to prevent from catastrophic decisions from taking place. How many of you are thankful for the principles of God's word? Amen. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at honey. It said wisdom is like honey. We've done a lot of work on research, looked at Mayo Clinic, all kinds of different uh, doctors and different uh, research study on, on honey. We have 13, if you will, uh, things that honey can do, benefits of honey, and we're correlating to wisdom, but you're not going to hear all 13 today. We're only going to look at five of them. Thank God. Amen. Come on. And we're going to look at five of them, but if you want to see the whole list tomorrow on the app, we're going, to, we're going to release that on the app. So you can look at all 13 tomorrow on the app. But here's one of the things that honey will do, and a lot of things about honey are preventative and protecting in nature. But here's how honey is like wisdom, is that honey accelerates metabolism. They say that a regular small dose of honey will help accelerate metabolism. And I correlate that here because when the metabolism increases, they say that it leads to, to hopefully weight loss, that it helps the body burn off excess. And when I thought about this, and I think about if wisdom is like honey, then wisdom helps guard the soul. Because in our life, we have a tendency to get weighed down when our souls with stuff. The Bible says, let us cast off all the weights that so easily entangle us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. It's so easy for the soul to get weighed down with, I, I got three things, with pressures, with burdens, and with sin. That's it. There is a tendency for us to accumulate in our souls a growing heaviness and a weighted, cumbersome spirit that just seems like we can't carry it anymore. And it's just a weight that we have. Here's what the, the book of, of Proverbs says, 820. This is a good one. It says, I wisdom lead you into a way of righteousness. You could say it like this. I wisdom lead you into the way of freedom. You know the, that you're following the path of wisdom when it's leading you out of bondage into freedom. But you know when you're not following the wisdom of God when it's leading you into bondage and it's weighing you down. There is a freeing aspect to wisdom. The Bible says this, that we can, in, in Psalm 69, that we have a God who daily carries our burdens. It says, praise be to the Lord God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. That, that, that assumes that we have to cast off our burdens daily. That we can live with a lightheartedness if we choose to. If we cast off the weights with God's wisdom. Now, I'll tell you what I mean by that. When I grew up in my hometown, we had a yearly event around July 4th that had a balloon race. 
And, man, it was awesome as a kid. You'd go there, and you'd see all these massive hot air balloons. And, man, all the heat, and they're just getting there. And, man, they're just filling up. And there, I mean, there's 10, 15 of them. They're all over this field. They're getting ready to be this big balloon raise. And you start to see them rise, but they just can't rise high enough. And they just stay a few feet above the ground. But then all of a sudden, at the start of the raise, they'll do this. The gun will go off. They'll start the raise. And all of the balloons will begin to, the conductors will begin to throw the sandbags off of the hot air balloons. And it's amazing how quickly they rise when they cast off all restraint, when they cast off all the weights. You know, I just think that that's one of the aspects of God's wisdom is that it helps you deal with burdens and heaviness by helping you cast them off onto the capable hands of the Lord. Here's the thing I would say. In your prayer time, begin to make a list of all the burdens you carry daily, the pressures and sin, and just make a matter of turning it over to the Lord and watch how quickly the soul begins to rise within you. Here's another thing. And not only does it guard the soul, I found, but wisdom will also guard the mind. Here's the thing about honey, and this one, this could help some of us in this room. It is ideal for relieving dandruff. Come on. That's it. Watch how I apply this one. All of us have flaky thinking. Come on. Mm. That's a good dad joke right there. All of us have flaky thinking. And believe, I'll say it like this. Don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything that you think. You know what uh, amazes me this week? I've never, I mean, only in central Illinois do you have weather like this. I mean, we start the week, it's 50 to 60 degrees. I mean, that's like the warmest winter ever. I mean, it's spring outside. I mean, you can see people running in Speedos down the road here. You know what I'm saying? It's like crazy. Only to come, if you would have told me at the beginning of the week, we're going to have three to four inches of snow and you're going to be sledding by Friday, I would have called you a liar. Come on. I just love the change of, of environments here. It's unreal. But, you know, I woke up this morning and I was just going over this message. And, you know, I just thought of something when it came to this point right here. And, I, and here's my thought. You know, we have these changing environments that are just vastly different. But on the University of Illinois, I thought of this, is that you know that there is a greenhouse at the University of Illinois that you can actually, during regular hours, take a tour through? I mean, it is amazing to me, this greenhouse. It's got all the lighting. And when you walk in there, it's, it's a controlled atmosphere. It has a set temperature, a set moisture level that is conducive for the plants to grow and for them to develop. And when you walk in there, it is like walking into a rainforest. I mean, there's all kinds. It could be winter outside, all this crazy stuff that's going on on the outside. But inside the greenhouse, I call it the greenhouse effect, there is an environment curated, created for the plants to grow. Let me say this. Your mind has an atmosphere. Your mind is an atmosphere that you control. That you have the ability with the wisdom of God to create an atmosphere in your thought life. Ready? That is conducive for godly things to be developed and to grow. That's the truth. 
But notice, watch this. You're going to see this on the screen in Proverbs. It says there's a difference between the wise and the fool. It says that the wise are hungry for knowledge, but the fool, it says, feeds on trash. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. Wisdom is shown by what we consume. And the environment in our minds is enhanced or destroyed by what we put into it. And wisdom is proven by our, self, our ability to self-regulate what comes into the mind. Now watch this. Wis why this is so important? Because wisdom is the mind of the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 6, they were filled with the Spirit of God and with wisdom. When you have the Holy Spirit, when you submit and surrender to him, watch this, you have the ability to know and discern his mind. That's, that's, that's what the scripture says, and it says that it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. They were able to discern the mind of the Holy Spirit. This is why fasting's good, because not only does it help us to kind of discern what we're eating physically, but it also gives us the ability to discern what we're putting into our lives digitally. And how many know, if you take a good look at it, most of it's trash? It is. I'll close with this little thought right here. You know, every year in our, in our house, especially when it starts getting cold, uh, we will do something. Now, I don't need any emails or letters about this. Forgive me. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's it. Every year, we, you know, because we live next to some fields, there's always mice that try to get in the house. And I don't know about you, but I don't like a mouse running across my floor. And what we'll do is, uh, we don't do mouse traps per se, but we have mouse food that we will put all around the house. And it's amazing to me, if we see one, how they all seem to disappear when we put this mouse food on the, on the, on the floor. And that mouse food, watch this, they will come in and eat it and get full and then go to another place and die of starvation. Because they are attracted to it, they eat it and consume it, and it makes them full, but it gives them no life-giving nutrients. They're full but starving. And I just think how many times this has been true about me, and sometimes I think it can be true about many of us, is that we can be feasting on trash. On something and our mind gets full, but it's not given us any life. Can I just humbly suggest to you, even if you don't understand all of it, there's something that happens to your mind when you read the wisdom of God in his written word. It changes atmospheres here. And there is no wisdom outside of the word of God. Hey, with that in mind, guys, I, I've given you the first two and set it up, but I feel like, you know what? We got to bring in a closer to preach it really good here at the end to give you the final three. So I want you to welcome to the stage. Come on, Megan Jones. Come on. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. It's great to be here with you all. If I have not met you yet, hello. My name is Megan Jones. I serve on the Next Gen team here at Stone Creek. And I've been here for about five months now, almost half of a year. It's so crazy to think about. 
And I am so glad to be here with you all today. Well, many of you know already that I love shoes. And when Pastor Ricky said, you are going to preach today, the first thing was, well, what are we going to preach about? And the second thing was, well, what shoes should I wear? So these shoes that I'm wearing today, they, I picked these because, well, they're my favorite shoes. If you want to hear the story behind these shoes, you can ask me in the lobby after service. But I was like, hmm, what shoes do I have? We're preaching about honey. These kind of look like honey. They're bright and fun. So these are my shoes today. I would uh, put my leg up so you in the back could see, but I might rip my pants. So there you go. <laughs> you know, Pastor Ricky talk, has been talking about what wisdom will guard And for the next couple of moments, I'm going to share with you just three more areas of our lives that wisdom will guard. The first one is this, wisdom will guard our heart. Wisdom will guard our heart. See, honey actually reduces the risk of heart disease. Honey reduces the risk of heart disease. See, the wisdom of God guards the heart. You know, Proverbs uh, 4 Verse 23 says this, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. The NIV says it like this, guard your heart above all else, for from it flows the issues of life. How many of you have ever met someone with some issues? Come on. How many of you have ever met someone with some issues? In fact, right now, I want you to point with some, to someone with some issues. Just, hey, if you're pointing to someone else, you better remember, you got three fingers pointing right back at you, you know? We all have issues. We all have issues. And all of our issues originate from our heart. Everything good and bad in our life originates from right here, from our heart. It's about guarding your heart. You know, the word guard, as Pastor Ricky has already mentioned today, it means to keep something protected. And to guard your heart means to put it in a prison, if you will, that not just anyone or anything can get in. It's under lock and key. Only the things of God stay in your heart. See, wisdom guards the heart because what impacts the heart impacts the life. What impacts the heart impacts the life. See, your heart is the center of who you are. Your heart is the center of who you are. It's the center of your ambitions, who you, who you, who, or what you really want. It's the center of your affections, what or who you will love. It's the center of your emotions, what you feel. It's the center of your morality, what you think is right or wrong. It's the center of your will, what you will do with your life. See, why is this important? Because a well-guarded heart, a well-guarded heart leads to a wellspring of life. You know, in 1998, uh, there was was some Winter Olympics in Nagano, Nagano, Japan, And uh, they experienced some of the worst winter weather conditions on history for the Winter Olympics. They actually thought about canceling the Olympics. And as they were preparing for the Olympics, the people that were getting things ready, they saw out into the distance a grove of trees, a grove of trees that were in full bloom. They had flowers and fruit on them. They were green. And what was so fascinating about this was that grove of trees 
was surrounded by a whole bunch of barren trees, kind of like what the trees look, at, look like outside right now. They were all barren, they were dark and gray, but this one grove of trees had flowers and fruit on it. And they couldn't figure out what was happening, so if you can't figure out what's happening, you just ask the scientists, right? So they brought in a whole bunch of scientists, and what the scientists discovered was that what was happening underneath of the surface is what mattered. What was happening underneath of the surface is what mattered. See, the trees had actually dug their roots so deep that they found a stream of lava underground. And the tree's roots were being warmed by the lava. So in turn, it was winter on the outside, but it was spring on the inside. They were being warmed. They, they had fresh flowers and there was a luscious fruit that were being uh, bared from the tree. See, even though it was winter on the, in on the outside, it was spring on the inside. How many of you right now are like, it's spring on the inside of me right now. It is winter outside. I do not like the cold, but it is spring on the inside. Can I say this? No matter what season of life you find yourself in, you can always be fruitful. No matter what season of life you find yourself in, you can always be fruitful. <clears throat> what the wisdom of God does for us in our life as we go through the seasons of life is it creates a, a spring-like atmosphere inside of us. It keeps the heart in a perpetual springtime so we can grow wherever we are planted. It keeps the heart soft so you can go through winter on the outside and spring on the inside. You can go through winter on the outside and spring on the inside. A well-guarded heart leads to a wellspring of life. What this means for us is we need to keep our, our hearts hot we need to keep our hearts hot to what God has to say to us. We need to love the things that God loves and keep the things that he doesn't love away from us. We have to guard our heart. We have to keep it under lock and key. See, the wisdom of God creates an inner world where the heart can be protected and be in a place, but also in a place of springtime. Wisdom guards the heart. Wisdom guards the heart. The second thing that wisdom guards that I'm going to share with you today is wisdom guards the mouth. Wisdom guards the mouth. Come on, somebody. See, honey actually uh, helps, helps prevent gum disease, which is, I'm like, I need all of that, you know. But wisdom guards the mouth. Proverbs 16, 24 says this, nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words. For they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our bones. See, the wisdom of God always shows up in our speech. The wisdom of God always shows up in our speech. You know, a couple of months ago, if you don't know, I'm from Indiana, so I went back home to Indiana a couple months ago, and uh, I was spending some time with my family, 
and I took my nephew and my little sister to Dairy Queen, as every great sister and aunt does, you know, I took them to Dairy Queen, and uh, we were driving back home to my parents' house, and, you know, they were singing and talking as kids do in the back seat, and my nephew uh, said something, not a curse word or anything like that, but what he said could have been substituted for something better, you know, and my sister, she's so witty. She's so witty. Her biblical literacy skills blow me out of the water. Like, I don't know how smart she is, but she's so smart. As fast as he said what he said, she said, well, you know, and said his name. Well, you know, Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power to bring life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. At first, I was like, yeah, get him. And then I was like, man, she is so smart. I don't know how she does that. I was taken aback, but she is so right. See, the wisdom of God will help you discern the difference between helpful words or healing words and hurtful words, between helpful words and hurtful words, between words that bring life and words that bring death. See, I'm sure we've all heard the saying, if you know it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that couldn't be further from the truth. See, our words actually really do hurt. Our words have so much power. You know, whenever I've been in an argument with someone or a moment of conflict and we, you know, go about our ways, I always, and not everybody does, but I always remember what they said. And I remember how what they said made me feel. I remember what they said and how what they said made me feel. See, our words have power. Our words create worlds. They give the ability to create. For example, right now, if I said, in your mind, close your eyes and think of an elephant, you all could think of an elephant, unless you can't imagine things in your mind, then you probably couldn't. But, but if I said, imagine a pink elephant drinking water from a stream, you would be able to imagine that. See, our mind is a blank canvas, and our words paint pictures on the canvas. Our mind is a blank canvas, and our words paint pictures on the canvas. You know, David gives us a great prayer to pray in relation to our speech. He prays this to the Lord, Psalm 141, verse 3. It says, set a guard or a muzzle over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. David is saying, guard my speech. Help me not to be reckless with my words. You know, when I read this verse, I picture a dog with a muzzle over its mouth or a guard over its mouth. And that guard is in place to protect the dog and the other people from the potential harm that the dog's mouth could bring. From the potential harm that the dog's mouth could could bring. And as I was preparing for this message today, I began to think to myself, is there a filter that we could run our words through or a guard that we can run our words through so that kind of like a water filter, the water goes in and our hope is that the water that comes out is cleaner than the water that went in. I began to think, is there a filter that we could use that the words that we put into the filter come out cleaner than the words that went out? That the words that went in are clean, are the words that come out are cleaner than the words that went in. How many of you are like me and you could probably use a filter on your speech? All of us, we could all use a filter on our speech. 
And I began to think, man, is there a filter? And uh, many of you have heard this acronym before, it's THINK. And what you do is you run your words through this. Is it true? Is what I'm saying true? And to me, most of the time, I'm like, yeah, it's true to me, and it needs to be said. But remember, not everything that's true needs to be said. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Turn to your neighbor and say, use the filter. Use the filter. Use the filter. See, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is learning to have the patience to filter your words. It's learning to slow down and use the filter. The wisdom of God is learning to say hard things well. It's learning to say hard things well. Wisdom guards the mouth. Wisdom guards the mouth. And the final thing I'm going to share with you all today is that wisdom guards the future. Wisdom guards the future. See, honey actually helps relieve the irritation of eczema. If you don't know what eczema is, it's a skin irritation. It's kind of like a rash. And what's fascinating about this is you can see the best results for applying honey to eczema when someone is young. When you apply the eczema, when you apply the honey to the eczema when they are young. Wisdom guards the future. See, many of us know that children will play with virtually anything they can get their hands on. How many know that? How many know? Children will play with virtually anything they can get their hands on. So it should come to no surprise when I tell you this story that there were some Dutch children in a town called Barneveld that found themselves in their playground, just playing as they normally do, you know, digging holes like kids do. And they had dug a hole and actually discovered something uh, that was in the ground. So they had been playing with this thing for several months, okay, playing hot potato, playing football, all kinds of stuff with this thing. And later they find out that what they were playing with was actually a World War II artillery shell that was still alive. If you don't know what an artillery shell is, it's a bomb, okay? It was still alive, and they were playing with it. It was highly explosive. And thank the Lord that it did not explode while those kids were playing with it. Later, some officials found out about it, and they exploded it in a safe space. But kids will play with virtually anything they get their hands on. How many know that sometimes we can be playing with things that we don't know the consequences of? Sometimes we can be playing with things that we don't know the consequences of. See, wisdom is the ability to make a wise decision in the present in light of the future. It's the ability to make a, a wise decision where you're at now in light of the future. See, one of the things that they say is that wisdom is wasted on the young, but that couldn't be further from the truth. I can't tell you how many people I know that are young and they're wise. Wisdom is something that we grow into. We all grow into it at all ages. See, even Jesus grew into wisdom. Luke 2.52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor with God and all 
the people and God and all the people. We grow into wisdom. Can I tell the more seasoned people in the room today that we need the wisdom that you have? There is so much value in the wisdom that you behold. And can I tell the younger crowd in the room today that we need the wisdom that you have, that there is so much value in the wisdom that you behold. Wisdom guards the future. You know, they say that we learn one of two ways. We learn from our mistakes or we learn from others' mistakes. And the least painful is from others. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. Wisdom is always creating a preferred future. It's always creating a preferred future for us. You know, Psalm 13, uh, verse 16 says, the wise people think before they act, and fools don't, and brag and brag about their foolishness. See, a wise person, a wise person gives thought to their ways. They're thinking long-term. They're playing chess rather than checkers. They're calculated in what they do. And a fool doesn't give thought to the future. They could care less about the future. Only a fool thinks about the here and now. They give no thought to their ways. But a wise person thinks long-term. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't no fool. I ain't no fool. (laughs) I ain't no fool. See, wisdom is thinking about who you want to be in the end, about who you want to be in the end and working backwards. It's thinking about who you want to be in the end and working backwards. You know, I'm getting ready to graduate from college at the end of April, and I was talking to someone this week and just asking them about some advice on wisdom. And you know, they said to me, Megan, wisdom is learning to speak, is learning to think eulogy principles rather than resume principles. See, eulogy principles are based on who you want to become. They're based on your character. And resume principles are based on who you are right now. They're based on the skills that you possess. And they say, and and this person said, Megan, listen, they're not going to care as much at the end of your life about what you did, but more so about how you made people feel and your character. It's learning to think eulogy principles rather than resume principles. Wisdom has a destination in mind. Wisdom has a destination in mind. So I ask you this question today. Who are you becoming? Who do you want to become? And are you willing to grow in wisdom? As I leave you today, remember that wisdom will guard your heart. Wisdom will guard your mouth. And wisdom will guard your future. How many of you are grateful for the wisdom of God? Pastor Ricky. Thanks. Let's all stand to our feet if we could. I don't know what you were doing at 21, but probably wouldn't preaching, I'm guessing. Come on. Come on back up to the stage, guys. What a wonderful job, Megan. Good job. We're proud of you. Good job. And you definitely got some cool shoes, girl. Come on. That's it.
What I'm going to ask you to do is close. We have had a, um, a salvific moment in between worship, and now I want us to pray the word. And so I want you, if you can, to bow your heads, close your eyes, and just put your hands out in front of your palms up before the Lord. We're going to pray just for a few moments here. And I just want you to get settled right now, if you can. Just don't worry about the person next to you. And we're just going to take a moment and respond to this message as we just draw near to Jesus in an act of prayer. The book of Colossians says this. It says that in him meeting Jesus is hidden all the treasures of wisdom. To draw near to Jesus is to draw near to wisdom. And the beautiful thing about wisdom is that it interrelates all of God's divine attributes. It says when Jesus healed someone, they said, by, but wis by what wisdom did he do this? It says when he, he set somebody free from demon possession, they said, by what wisdom does he cast out demons? In the scripture, more often than not, you see wisdom connected to God's power. And so we're going to begin to, in a few moments, just pray for God's wisdom. Would you just with your palms up right there, not in just your head and your heart, I'm just going to ask you as the music plays, would you just right now where you're at, just begin to say, Lord, I draw near to you. In your words, just begin to say, Lord, I need you. I desire you. I welcome you into this place. I welcome you into my life, Lord. I say it, just a few words. And if all you do is just say his name right here, that's enough. Say Jesus. Jesus. I say it. You're entering into the presence of the Lord. Now, I just want you to thank the Lord for just maybe 15 seconds now. Gratitude is the password into the presence of the Lord right here. Many of you have been fasting already for about 14 days now. And you've been seeking the Lord. Just thank Him for His goodness in your life. Just say, Lord, I give you some praise right now. Anything you see good. You just sung that song about the goodness of God. Now in your words, thank Him for it. Something. Just a little bit of praise. And now I want you just to turn your heart to worship now. Would you do that? Come on, just to say, Lord, I worship you today in this place. Don't be in a hurry. This is where the word becomes incarnated into your life. In your words, pick one word that describes God to you. Holy, loving, gentle, magnificent. And just say that word, God, you are majestic. You're, you're glorious. Or just begin to say, Lord, I worship you. I magnify you in this place. I turn towards you. There's no one like you, Lord. That's it. And now I want you just to use this sermon as a prayer pattern for you right now. Just quickly here. Would you just ask the Lord to fill you with wisdom again? We did this a few weeks ago. Just say, Holy Spirit, give me the gift of wisdom. Lord, I need your wisdom right now. I need your discernment. I need your perspective. Let me live the principled life, Lord. Ask for the wisdom of God right now. That's it. And now just ask him, say, Lord, I want you to help me guard my soul. 
And now if there's anything, any weight that you're carrying, would you just cast it on them right now in an atmosphere of prayer? Come on. I want you just let there be a shift now and just say, Lord, I give you this. I give you this decision. I give you this trial. I give you this sickness, this circumstance, this pressure, this person. Just I want you to see yourself placing that in the hands of the Lord. This sin, Lord, I, it's, it's, it's a weight that I've been carrying. I give it to you now. Sin. Ask him now to guard your mind. Any flaky thinking, come on. Any thought that's been exalting itself against the knowledge that's been more important to you than the word now. Say, Lord, give me, uh, give me a sound mind today. Give me the right atmosphere. Renew my mind. Lord, now listen, guard my heart. Yes, guard my affections, Lord, with wisdom. Lord, keep my heart hot for you. Let me not love anything more than you. That's good. Lord, guard my mouth. Oh, come on, we better all be praying on this one. Guard my mouth, Lord. Set a muzzle or filter over my words. Lord, help me to know the difference between a hurtful word and a healing word. Let healing words flow from my mouth, Lord. I give my mouth to you. Listen. Listen. Now, this, one, this next one is wisdom. It guards the future. I love that eulogy principles. Lord, help me to be a person of integrity. Let wisdom guard my future. I give my future to you. Let wisdom create in me an integrity, Lord, that leads my life. That's it. Give me the spirit of wisdom, Lord. Now I want us just to close singing this song that we ended with. So I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, let's lift our hands all the way up to the Lord. We do this now in our, in our 21 days. We just pray a little bit longer at the end. That's okay. We're going to take a few minutes every week because I never want to assume that we're doing this on our own. I'm modeling for you how to spend a few moments for the Lord right now. This is the most important moment. You've worshiped. You've, you've heard the word. Now you've prayed. And once again, I just want you, and some of you who've done this, and you're, you've been a seasoned Christian for a while, come on, we're not ashamed of this. Would you, in your own words, just lift up the name of the Lord? Would you do that? He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my deliverer in this place. Come on. This is how we change an atmosphere in a room right now. I just worship you, Lord. In my own words, I lift you up. I magnify your great name. Now let's sing the words to this song that we sang earlier. His name is high.